Should you be looking to sell your 2022 rookie picks? Will Sammy Watkins have any kind of impact on the Packers or fantasy this season? And who you got between Kenneth Walker and Isaiah Spiller in the 2022 FFPC Rookie Drafts? Plus, $70,000 2021 FFPC winner and 11-time Dynasty high-stakes champ in the FFPC. John Terry comes back to the show to talk about Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel, Isaiah Likely, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy footballer, a uh, uh, football hour, officially starts now. And the pressure, I've seen greater men Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics and Pirelliacs. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and welcome in to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. Uh, my co-host is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, the KFFSC boss. I'm bringing him in right now. Farrell Elliott, you follow him on Twitter at Elliott. Check out his contest at KFFSC.com. Farrell, what's good, man? We are we are about less than two weeks away from the NFL draft. I know you as a player agent are gearing up for it. It's going to be an exciting weekend. Bonky, we are, um, uh, by my count, um, I need more time. That's all I can tell you. And it, it's a, and there's a lot of communication going. I somebody said something to me the other day. They said, "Farrell, some names that I haven't recognized. I hear attention that they're getting trips to go see teams. What does that mean? Well, they're usually non-combine guys that teams are interested in getting a medical on, and they're also bringing them in for a chance." to sell them on free agency, to sell them on the fact that you should come with us after the draft. And some of these teams, and we'll get into it a little later tonight, some of these teams are going to need undrafted players. And I remind all our fantasy guys, take a look at what is known in the industry as a preferred free agent. Guys like James Robinson years ago, everybody preferred him, uh, not for a winning and loss record, but for an opportunity uh, situation he made the right choice and so it becomes incumbent on the agent largely to, to point the player in the right direction and uh that's taking up a lot of my time these days yeah you are the uh you, you're the definitive um uh, <laughs> map direction giver right yeah. you're, I, mean, you're kind I, of I, don't, I don't want any second guessing so right. you know it's and, and no uh, virus remorse and sometimes you get that but at least we will have the draft in front of us to know who the competition through the draft is before those young guys. But, you know, there's talent all through the draft. So we've got three days of broadcasting and then uh, a couple days of free agency and uh, stories we could go on forever. Point is, there's a lot of players that you may not have heard of uh, that could be an interesting add to your fantasy roster. So you at least need to be aware of him uh, when uh, September rolls around and you hear that he's going to uh, play a little bit. 
Yeah, and, and whether you're drafting best ball now or dynasty now or you're gearing up for the Football Guys Players Championship, which is going to kick off in a couple of weeks here, the FFPC main event, the KFFSC main event, the KFFSC um, redrafts that, that are going on, um, the draft masters, like all these players, all these rookies that we're talking about now, they're relevant right now. So this is why we need to be you know talking about these guys, giving our opinions on them, and most importantly, letting the high stakes uh, successful players that have done such a great job over the years drafting these players to tell you their opinions on them as well. We're going to get to that tonight, and I'm going to tell you who our guest is coming up. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to discuss whether the Bears are the definitive unquestioned team to avoid in high stakes drafts this year. We're also going to talk about the impact that A.J. Green re-signing with the Cardinals is going to have on not only DeAndre Hopkins, but especially Rondale Moore in Arizona. And then the 2021 FFPC $70,000 winner, he finished in third place and eighth place overall in the Football Guys Players Championship last year. He's got 11 high-stakes dynasty titles to his name. He's been on this broadcast before. He's going to rejoin us tonight. John Terry is going to talk about Devontae Smith, Christian Watson, Damian Pierce, and a whole lot more. That's all coming up uh, in the show. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show's at Hour. I'm at Eric Balkman. You can always learn more about Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com. You want to email us? We encourage that type of behavior here on the show. Football at gmail.com. And if if you got any questions for us as the broadcast rolls on tonight, you can either post them live in our YouTube chat room that we have going on. You can hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook, or send us an email. We'll get to all of those in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. And all those questions provided to you by, in part, our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. A lot of stuff going on with the uh, KFFSC and the FFPC uh, right now, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to just make you aware of that before we get the show underway tonight and the first thing is i will let you know i just checked and i'm going to check again right now 24 open spots in the wow. never too early best ball tournament which had um 1152 to start now this contest was going to go to april 28th it's not going to make it there people we only got 24 spots left once those 24 spots left are spoken for then it's done it's filled and we will go to bat with that competition somebody's going to win 25 grand you can be one of the last two dozen in there at 125 dollars price point so make sure you're taking advantage of that uh dozens of uh all right beg your pardon four dynasty orphans Four, only four Dynasty Orphans left. MyFFPC.com slash Dynasty for sale. They are all priced at, you guessed it, $1. So for $4, you can buy all four of the remaining teams right now. Um, and we got plenty of Dynasty startups. I think there's only two Dynasty startup drafts going on this weekend. The rest of them are all slated for after the NFL draft. So if you want to get in to a pre-NFL draft uh, Dynasty startup, MyFFPC.com. Grab one of those last two uh, leagues that are available there. The Football Guys Early Bird promo is live. You want to draft before, beg your pardon, sign up before June 30th, draft before July 15th, and you'll get a free $35 credit added onto your account. $1 million is the grand prize in the FFPC main event. Remember to sign up under that early bird promotion, which is going until the end of next month. $100 off your first team, $500 off each additional teams uh, as we go. Plenty of slow live, sit and go, best ball teams, uh, leagues available at myffpc.com. Those are filling daily as are the dynasty, uh, not the dynasty, the uh, the best ball teams. Um, well, yeah, and dynasty teams. And of course the FFPC run to daylight championship, the KFFSC run to daylight championship going on kffsc.com. Make sure you're competing, uh, competing against all the luminaries there um, and win a massive grand prize as well. Uh, love to participate in that every single year. I will again this year. All right, let's get into it. Farrell, this one's for you to lead off the show in the fantasy uh, fantasy flash. Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network says that Carolina is the most likely landing spot 
for Baker Mayfield uh, the rest of the year. This would be a competition we would see in training camp between two former uh, Ballyhooed first-round picks in Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Now, Baker Mayfield could, I guess, choose to sign on as a backup somewhere and just kind of run out the clock for 2022 and look for a new starting job in 2023. Uh, that's entirely possible. He fought off a lot of injuries last year. Torn labrum, obviously, was probably the biggest one. And he did not have the 2021 that he was expecting after a solid 2020 season. Deshaun Watson is now the man in Cleveland. I can't imagine, even with a looming suspension hanging over Deshaun Watson, I can't imagine Cleveland is going to keep Baker Mayfield on. Farrell, are you looking for, if you're drafting right now, are you planning on Baker Mayfield winning the Carolina job? Or is that a fool's errand right now? Oh, my goodness. There's been so much Baker Mayfield. I don't like anything that I've been seeing out of the Baker Mayfield camp. And, you know, uh, look, Balky, we set up straight and do our work when we do this podcast. Baker's uh, Baker did not come out looking very good and giving the message that NFL teams want to hear when he and his sleeping dog delivered a a less than enthusiastic podcast this week, which has been replayed over many, uh, many outlets. Look, I don't see this player ever being a backup. If, if he, um, I think the best way for him to play it is to be patient and wait till the opportunity develops. We don't know where that opportunity might be. We don't know which one of these rookie quarterbacks that get drafted early. Some now, uh, we're talking about Carolina Panthers at the number six spot going with Kenny Pickett. These were uh, these were quarterbacks that a few months ago we thought none of them would pierce the first round. Uh, so to answer your question, you benefited in Cleveland when Baker Mayfield exited. It made each player a better situation, especially when you consider uh, that Watson joined the team. But we have a new quarterback in town there, but to uh, quarterback in case Watson. Uh, in, in case Watson uh, does get some type of uh, suspension and is away from football. So, uh, and, and our quarterback that came from Miami that used to be in Indianapolis, that used to be in New England, Balky, who is it? That used to be in uh, Indianapolis, now in New England? Yeah, he was with Miami last year, number 14. Uh, I, yeah, I, why am I drawing a blank on this? You're drawing a blank, and you shouldn't. Yeah, no, I shouldn't. Maybe he was in Miami last year. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, so I'm losing gonna, it, Farrell. Brissett has gone into this league and he's won games and he can be a placeholder to Watson gets there. I think Watson is there. So, if, you know, everybody in Cleveland is a better situation. Um, and, and Mayfield's days are completely over there. Any any entry there. Uh, so, so they don't have a plan. So they need to develop a plan. And my plan would be to wait. And then Baker Mayfield could come and prove uh, once the season has started where he could fit in and where he could deliver a win. I, I don't think Carolina benefits from this quarterback, and I don't think any of the players benefit from a fantasy aspect um, with this quarterback in Carolina. Uh, two Hall of Fame pros versus Joers are in the YouTube chat right now talking about this situation. Hudson Kern, Reeve, and Sky Eilers, and they're talking about well, the possibility of Baker Mayfield potentially going to Arizona. At this point, I would believe if we heard anything like that, this is a negotiating thing to try to get Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals on the on the bargaining table. I don't know if that would have legs, Mayfield going to Arizona. Are you seeing it the same way? No, that has no legs. Okay. All it's right. fun to talk about, though. 
Yeah, with Hopkins <laughs> and Moore and Green and and uh, and Connor and all those guys. It would be interesting. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, moving on, let's talk about Chicago. Connor Orr, who covers the NFL for SI.com, says that Justin Fields is in a, quote, impossible situa- a position to succeed in 2022. Now, the, the Bears um, in the uh, offseason essentially gave away, I, I don't know, the, the free agents I think they signed that they, that they let to go to other teams, it was worth like $75 million. It was an insane amount of talent that they let go. Connor Orr praised um, the GM there, who I'm, I'm blanking on right now. Ryan Poles. Yeah, Poles. Poles is the new one. Um, so he's, he's talking about how Ryan Poles put this, position, this team in a position to win in 2023, but 2022 is going to be rough. So we look at this right now. You got Justin Fields throwing to Darnell Mooney, who's his de facto number one. His number two, as of right now, still got the NFL draft, and there's some free agent receivers out there. Number two is Byron Pringle. So, Farrell, we look at this. Should Is it just as simple as looking at the Bears and saying, I don't want to be in business with any of these guys, knowing the approach the team is taking to 2022, and that's going to pay off. The fewer Bears I draft, the better teams I will have this season. Is that a correct assumption? Uh, that's how it has been working out for me. In my earliest, never too earlys, uh, Montgomery made his way onto one of my rosters, but there was no enthusiasm for drafting these players, with the exception of the quarterback fields. And I, I didn't understand this. I, I w- He went in the eighth round uh, on, a, on a league that started on January 30th in front of Watson, Carr, Cousins, Tannehill, uh, repeated the same situation in February 16th, the league that started. I started another one in March 25th, and this is probably after the Robinson news uh, yep. or, or thereabout. Uh, Watson, two uh, cousins all went in front of him. Uh, I still think Carr went after him in that draft. I don't see in any case of math, logic, forecasting, probability that you can come up with the fact that that this quarterback should be drafted this highly. I think anyone that that drafted him that way must be thinking uh, back to week eight uh, last year when he tore up 49ers, not through the air, but with his feet. That was that game he rushed for 103 yards. But I, um, so so you might say, okay, well, they're going to add players uh, through the draft through free agency. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the days for free agency is essentially over and good looking players that still could contribute to this team are ending up making deals elsewhere. So you look at the draft, they have six draft picks, none in the first round. Um, and and uh, they skip the fourth round as well. Their earliest pick is 39th. So how does Fields mature to be a quarterback better than last year? And yes, Balky, I don't see it. So you say, well, the team's going to be behind and they're going to have to let it rip. And maybe he is a terrible NFL season and a rewarding fantasy quarterback. But I think the guys that drafted him in the single digit rounds or in front of other quarterbacks are going to be very uh, are going to have great buyer's remorse as we move through um, the season in the uh, in the never too early slims. Yeah, and I'm just looking at that right now um, with with where Fields is going, and I think people are counting on, um, you know, Matt Nagy not being there, that they're going to unlock the rushing potential that Justin Fields has. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even still, he's going as quarterback 18 in that competition uh, at the 10-11 turn. But, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, I mean, it's right behind Tua Tungavailoa. It's right behind Kirk Cousins. 
He's going significantly ahead of Ryan Tannehill. He's going ahead of Trevor Lawrence. And Matt Ryan, quite frankly, Zach Wilson, I mean, all these guys are going behind him. And you can make the case that they all have significant, more recognizable upside than Fields uh, in, in, in their respective offenses compared to Chicago. So I'm totally out on Fields. Um, if I'm wrong on him, I'm fine with that. I'm totally cool with it. I just think there's other guys I like a lot better uh, rather than Justin Fields as quarterback 18 this year. We got yep. John Terry, the $70,000 winner in the FFPC last year, 11-time Dynasty champ, here to answer your Dynasty questions, here to answer your redraft questions, here to answer your never-too-early questions. He's coming up in just one minute. The last thing I want to get to is big news out of Northeast Wisconsin. Farrell, the Packers have solved the receiver problem. All those people that wanted him to take <laughs> receivers in the draft, they can throw it out the window. Won't happen anymore. Uh, Green Bay will continue the streak of never taking a first-round receiver. Why? Because no, they man. have Sammy Watkins. You know, it's so funny, and you know this, Farrell, that Kurt and I, um, uh, Kurt Awe, we team up in the KFFSC auction every single year. And every single year, despite my protests, he always seems to get Sammy Watkins on our <laughs> squad. Always. No matter if he's a Bill, a Chief, a Ram, doesn't matter. He always finds to get him. So now this year, I know he's super overbidding. And what, what is really unsettling is, so the Packers signed him to this one-year deal. could be worth up to $4 bucks. But Matt Schneiben, who covers the Packers, the Athletic, reported today, he doesn't think Sammy Watkins is even a lock to make the roster. Now, mm -hmm. this dude gets hurt a lot. Um, the Packers also have a lot of ammo coming up in the draft. He turns 29 in June. Ra Aaron Rodgers seemed like he was kind of excited about the prospect of playing for Sammy Watkins. But my goodness, I am not excited about this at all. He is not moving the needle for me, and I'm kind of with Schneiden. I'm not sure Watkins makes his final roster. The spectrum of what Sammy can do is uh, completely could go from empty to full. How, you know, the most he ever did in one season was 65 catches, and I imagine Kurt was pretty thrilled in 2020 when he scored eight touchdowns. That number went down last year. Look, um, I think this is a good locker room guy that can excel as an extra receiver as long as he stays healthy and you're getting him at a price and he's got a veteran presence. And if you're going to skill set through the rookie draft, the, the, the pattern would suggest that if you're going to bring these young players in and expect a lot from them quickly, uh, you need to have some veteran presence around them. So I like, uh, I like him for what he brings to the team, and I think he will find a spot on the roster, and we can only imagine if he can regain some of his uh, early season, early career promise and glory. But, you know, it's been since 2015. He is 29 years old. He's a contributing player when he gets open and gets free. But, uh, yeah, it, they would have to draft very well for him not to be on the roster or – somebody that they were not expecting to be available may come available off of the waivers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've kept him waiting in the green room long enough. He's filled himself up on all the specialty hors d'oeuvres and uh, fancy coffee we have in there for him. He's ready to come on the show tonight. He's a longtime FFPC player, 11 dynasty titles over the years, and of course $70,000 in winnings in last year's FFPC competitions alone in the Football Guys Players Championship last year. Third overall and eighth overall out of tens of thousands of teams in that. He's here to give us his thoughts on this year's rookie class, the never-too-early FFPC best tournament. We'll get into some ADP discussions with him as well, and perhaps a little bit of mischief. I don't know. Whatever happens, happens. Please welcome back onto these airwaves the incomparable John Terry. John, welcome back to the program, man. It is always a pleasure to have you on, dude. What is good? Hey, thanks for having me. Good, good to hear you guys. 
so so let's let's kick this off right away. Um, you have you've entered um, several never too early best ball uh, teams uh, so far. Um, and I was looking at I didn't necessarily look at all your rosters. I kind of looked at your ownership percentages. And one of the guys that kind of struck. Well, let's talk about the Ra- I'll, I'll let you explain it. Let's talk about the Ravens receivers here. Rashad Bateman is a sophomore coming into the NFL. He's a sophomore season. He's going up to 10 3 in that tournament. Best ball slam, 20 rounds. Um, yes. Is he a better value than Marquise Brown, who is going about three rounds before him at that 6-7 turn? Or would you rather have Brown on those squads than Rashad Bateman? Uh, I'm still a Hollywood guy. Uh, I, I think uh, Lamar looks for him um, when he's not looking at Andrews. And I think uh, Hollywood does a good job of getting open, and he's such a deep threat. I mean, there were several uh, – opportunities he had for long touchdowns that uh, didn't come through last year. And he still had what he had like 90 catches and a thousand yards last year. Uh, I, I think Bateman is solid. Um, I just think as much as that team runs the ball, I mean, Bateman's going to be at best the the third target. And I'd rather take uh, Brown in the seventh than Bateman in the 10th myself. 91 catches for 1,008 yards and six touchdowns. As a Marquise Brown, as a guy who owned Marquise Brown in in probably not a ton of leagues last year, but a significant amount, I'm surprised. That's a quiet 90 catches. It's a quiet 1,000-yard season, but he was putting it up, and you look you know, for this year. You know, we say that Rashad Bateman is is entering his second year. He missed a ton of time last year, and, and John, I don't know if you feel the same way. That learning curve could still be coming into the second season as well for him. Yeah, and I think he started to come around late in the year. I I just uh, – I don't know. I, I'm just concerned about how many targets there will be for him. Yeah, you mentioned when, when – John, when he's not looking – when Lamar's not looking at Mark Andrews, when is that? I never see a game <laughs> when he's not looking at Mark. Hey, um, it's interesting that Balky said uh, – Balky did not put a number – on how many never too earlys you've done. You care to share that with us? Or are you going to keep that? Yeah, no, no, that's fine. I think uh, I'm on number 20. 20. I was trying to figure out, because I've done nine, and I've been on the clock since January. And and it, it's, it, but it's, been, it's been so great. I And, you know, when I see Bateman being picked, it, I see him there, and I think that's where someone is getting that second tight end, second quarterback, but if they've done that already or if they don't see what they like, that's that. I don't know. That's how Bateman. But let me talk to you about a tight end. Uh, I don't like the way Evan Ingram plays the game from the tight end position. He looks to me like a receiver who does not like contact playing tight end. I don't see him laying out for the ball. I don't see him. Um, I don't see him settling on the side, catching the ball and taking a big hit uh, from a safety. I just don't see the things I like to see in a player. Now he has a change of scenery. Uh, Is there any reason to roster this player? Am I wrong about this player? Your opinions on Evan Ingram, who, who I'm rooting for. I hope I'm wrong in my assessment of him. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan myself. Uh, I mean, I didn't quite understand the signing by Jacksonville. Um, I guess the, the one positive to look at is they did invest, you know, significant dollars in him. So maybe that says something about what they think of him. 
but uh you know i i mean i i don't hate dan arnold there and i mean i think he'll he'll get some catches and i don't know i think ingram's always going to be that guy that gets you you know 50 catches you know maybe 500 yards and a handful of touchdowns and i i don't see anything better in jacksonville I will say this too. I think uh, Evan Engram currently in that never too early tournament, he's like tight end 18. So kind of further down, yeah. but to John's point, if you know, when he got signed in Jacksonville, if you're not a believer in Engram and John, I'll let you comment on this because you kind of brought up Dan Arnold tight end 40 at the 1909. I mean, like basically for free. So because of that Engram signing, Arnold gets pushed way down. He could be the type of guy that, that could really, you know, move the needle at tight end in that tournament as the season goes on when you're talking about playing in the aggregate over the course of the season where you don't have to pick and choose when to start this guy. Arnold might be the better guy there. It was dreadful last year there, so let's hope that someone can step up for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Do you guys remember that game that they played in London? Uh, his tight end, uh, I forget which one it was, 85, I think, just dropped a sure first down possible touchdown pass uh, very early in, in the uh, – third quarter that was just a killer you know and he's just had consistent poor play at the position i'm yeah. looking it up right now because now i'm curious myself who that was anytime i i say was that james o'shaughnessy is that no shag hennessy somewhere else now I, yeah now chris Manhurts. was it chris Manhurts? i don't think it was keep going might have been luke uh, farrell uh, oh that could be that could be number 85 you said it was this is yeah. compelling podcasting right now. Yes, it is. We're, looking... we're right on top of it john we rehearsed all of this. <laughs> I, I think i think it was luke farrell now that i look yeah. it up um who did that all right in any event let's talk about something a little bit more exciting uh here uh evan engram uh or beg your pardon debo samuel <laughs> more compelling than evan engram. <laughs> we're gonna go on debo <laughs> last year i saved myself there he was going, I believe, at the 708 in FFPC main events, right? Um, at, at the time, you know, the day, you know, the day before the season started, the last week he was going at the 708. So now this year, never too early tournament, 205, wide receiver six. Should high stakes players, if they want to be successful this year, John, be willing to pay such a jump in ADP price from one year to the next to get Debo Samuel in the mid-second round? Well, I mean, it, it's unfortunate we don't have such a bargain this year, but because uh, I had a lot of Debo last year, and I mean that that was a real difference maker when you could get that guy in the seventh round. Um, uh, the question on him's always been health to me, and if he stays healthy, I, I think he's still worth a pick there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Niners showed that. I mean, he's their weapon of choice, uh, you know, and really any way they can get him the ball. I mean, he kind of turned into a running back late in the year um, as much as a, 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 as of a wide receiver. And I think they're going to, you know, consistently look to him around the goal line. I, I don't see any reason if he stays healthy that he doesn't have a shot at about 15 touchdowns or so. So, I, I mean, I think he's worthwhile in the second round. You know, worthwhile players at the wide receiver position as they enter this league. It's always tough to call. You know, I was big on Kadarius Tony last year. And I noticed in our never too early Kadarius Tony's going at a pretty decent draft spot. Uh, maybe it's the now or never second year opportunity, but a player that speed wise reminds me of him 
and the physicality of this player might be even a little more, although the competition level in college was less, is the player Watson out of a North Dakota, North Dakota State. And there's been commentary about him being at the end of the of first round, which would perhaps deliver Balky, a, a Green Bay Packer. Um, are you familiar with this player, and what can you tell us about him if you are? Yeah, I mean, he's – I mean – yeah, I every, I think everyone's becoming more familiar with him. I mean, I, I don't know a lot that a lot of people were watching uh, him in college last year. I don't think they get many people watching their games. But well, uh, be careful there, John. There, they got a following. Not a lot of people, Farrell. People they still got a following, watching. John. We watch him late night. We rewatch <laughs> it on Wednesday. We get a following. Okay, go ahead. Um, but I mean. Fighting words. He, he, I think he opened some eyes at, at the Senior Bowl and then. I mean, obviously, he he was probably the top receiver at the combine as far as performance wise. Mm -hmm. So he's he's quite quite an athlete, and I I think he's he's got a decent chance. I guess the one thing that I struggle with, and it's probably because I did not watch as much of him in college, is when you play at a small school like that. I expect someone to be pretty dominant. And and his stats are just kind of okay. I mean, I know they run the ball a lot there, from what I understand. Maybe that's part of it. And he's coming out as a senior, right? So, I mean, he's been around. He's had the opportunity to improve. Uh, I mean, I just thought maybe his stats would be a little better in college. So, I like him. I don't have him quite in the top tier just because I, I think there's still some questions out. And there's a lot of other guys that, I have, I think, are just yeah. a level above. And and as you go, and he's a landing space kind of wide receiver. He, yeah. He's going to have to land in the right situation. Where Tony last year landed with the New York Giants, that was a head scratcher for me. I I, I could have picked a million places that I would have well, thirty one more other places <laughs> that I would have loved to have seen him play. And I think you're dead on. This is a player that transfer portal was invented for, and he just didn't take advantage of. Um, I will say this, guys. Um, now, I know it's April and the draft rumors are hot and heavy, but over the last couple of weeks here, there's been a lot of people uh, talking about Christian Watson potentially coming to Green Bay with either the 22 or the 28 overall pick. And there's a lot of people up here excited about it. What does this mean? I can pretty much guarantee you that knowing what's happening right now, he's not coming to Green Bay. There's just no way. They're going to take a safety and a quarterback or something like that in the first round, and Packers fans will be so irritated. But we'll have that conversation in a couple of weeks. We do our draft preview show. We're talking with John Terry, the $70,000 winner in the Football Guys Players Championship, the FFPC, and 11-time Dynasty champ. Um, we have not talked about um, uh, David Bell a whole lot uh, on this program. Put up great numbers in high school. I mean, his senior year was filthy. And then he put up filthy numbers as a freshman at Purdue and put up some good years after that. Um, John, in, in, in what you've seen and what you know about David Bell, what do you think the chances are for him to continue that success as he gets to the next level in the NFL here in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, he, I guess he's he's kind of the opposite of Christian Watson, right? I mean, he was uh, pretty successful in college. And, you know, given the his performance at the Combine and his athleticism, uh, I guess, it, you try to figure out how he did that. Um, because he, he's not, uh, he, he doesn't look very good on paper. So when I look at his comparables, uh, at least to me, I mean, really the question comes down, is he the next 
Anquan Bolden or is he the next Laquan Treadwell? Huh. And he could be either to me. Um, I'm a little bit biased because you're asking me about a Purdue guy and I'm an Indiana grad. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't love him. He, I think he's going to be a good pro. I just don't see him being dominant in the pros. I, I think his lack of athleticism is going to create problems for him getting open in the NFL. So just as a follow-up, regardless of landing spot, this is not a player that you're probably too excited about taking in your first round of your rookie drafts, right? Uh, well, right now I'm not, but I will say that probably landing spot and draft capital is probably a, over 50% of the equation for me. So everything's going to change in two weeks. And I'm most interested – I mean, the guy dynasty-wise I'm most interested in is if one of these wide receivers lands in Kansas City. Yep. Um, and so we'll – I mean, I guess we'll see who likes him. So it, it is subject to change, but right now he's he's not on the top of my list. We can talk about wide receivers all night long. Let's move to running back because uh, there's a name that I see, and he wasn't the main guy at Florida. And um, he was never the guy at Florida. And, and I don't know that much about him, and I know you do. Dynasty magnate that you are in the FFPC. Tell us a little bit about Damian Pierce, what we should expect, what kind of team would like him, uh, who he reminds you of that's in the NFL. Yeah, he, he's a tough one because, like you said, I mean, he, he was never quite the guy at, mm -hmm. at Florida. Um, I think he's a solid all-around guy. I mean, he's good short yardage. He's he's shifty. He can make guys miss. He can catch the ball. He just doesn't have elite speed. And I, I don't know if that's what, you know, kept him down the depth chart. Um, I mean, he, he's got potential. Um, I know – I mean, I guess if you're really – if he landed in the right spot and he really proves everybody wrong about um, that kind of slept on him in college, I mean, he's got the upside of a guy like Arian Foster, who was, I think, even slower than him. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll see. I, as far as current guys that um, I don't know, I mean, I, I could see him more than likely as kind of a third down short yardage guy, goal line guy that, that also gets some catches, uh, but it would surprise me if a team made him a feature back. That's you know, a lot of good jobs you just described there. Yeah, that's a pretty good resume. <laughs> this is the type of guy that could be like the AFC East fantasy destroyer, right? Because he's not going to light the world on fire, but man, if he goes to new England, if he goes to Buffalo. Yeah. If he goes to Miami, if he goes to the yeah. Jets, like all those people that are excited right now about Chase Evans and Michael Carter and Damian Harris and, and yeah. uh Singleton, like all those, uh, this is the type of guy that's like, why did they have to do it? You know, just, I yeah. had it all lined up and then they throw the monkey wrench, this guy that's, that's going to be okay at best this year. And it totally ruins it for me. He could be that yeah. type of player. And it's not limited to just the AFC East, by the way, it could be other yeah. teams. But no, I mean, with his skill set and what he's got going on, he's probably like a good compliment to a Michael Carter. So, I mean, I, I think that might not be a bad fit for him. A um, couple of questions we're going to get to uh, from the chat room right now, uh, John. The first one is from uh, your buddy Hudson Kern-Reeve, uh, uh, beg your pardon, Ivy League professor to the stars. He wants to know what you think of Chase Claypool. What? 
<laughs> um, the gloves are off. I'm not a huge Chase Claypool fan. What? <laughs> I, I, maybe he's making me uh, bring that up because Farrell's his biggest fan. But uh, I mean, Claypool is okay. I just okay. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a Deontay I'm a Deontay Johnson guy uh, when it comes to to Pittsburgh. Um, and I just don't know. I mean. Their quarterback is such a question that I just don't – I don't know. I, I don't see it. I mean, I, I guess – I don't I don't know that I've taken Claypool in my 20 drafts. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not anywhere, Farrell. Not anywhere. Well, but sometimes I think like – so this is the fundamental conversation we have. Like, I think, Farrell, I think you like him as a football player. You like his talent. And John tends to look at him as I think a lot of people do just as like a fantasy asset. Right. And, and maybe you guys agree on the talent aspect, but the fact is that, you know, for, from a fantasy standpoint, what's Mitchell Trubisky going to turn him into this year? Maybe well, not he, enough. It, it does not appear that you can apply any type of detente or diplomacy to this Claypool issue between John and I, and, but yeah, it is interesting uh, in the, the standpoint that that's how I make, the fantasy decisions, which might have a commentary on my one loss record, but that's how I make my decisions is I look at the athletic talent and I trust that that's going to get me where it needs to be. Now, last year was a disaster for Claypool because of the quarterback. So I think any type of quarterback, especially Trubisky, uh, who apparently it's very interesting. We were talking about Baker Mayfield earlier. Trubisky's in a situation where he, he, essentially ran out of Chicago after a pretty good year in 2018. I think it was, he had some good numbers. Um, he didn't play at all last year, no meaningful snaps, no play. Uh, however, he is now uh, under the offensive coordinator and, and being associated with Buffalo Bills. He has now emerged to, to be worthy to be a starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's, that's sort of in the, in the rebirth of what Baker Mayfield's career might look like. I don't think Trubisky is the greatest quarterback in the world, but I'm with you, John. I'm not going to be a seller if I have him on my dynasty teams. Fortunately, you don't have him anywhere. I continue to draft him, but I think he's a bargain because I think he will win the contested ball in the end zone, and I think Pittsburgh will score this year. So that's that's my thought on Claypool. But I don't uh, – where he's being drafted, and, and yes, Claypool has decided to share the autonomy of the football in Pittsburgh with Johnson. So your Johnson is, is probably worth, but that's a big price on Johnson. What fourth round? Yeah. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up right now um, in, in the never too early. I don't think it's third. I'm, I'm going to look it up uh, in a second here. But while I look that up, John, let me just ask you like, just what kind of what Farrell's talking about. Let's look at it through the dynasty scope right now. Don't you feel like, you know, especially now if you're drafting before the NFL draft, you don't know the landing spots of these guys. Isn't it important to draft based off talent and, and not worry about, draft capital and landing spot until after the NFL draft, you pretty much are betting on talent, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you have to, you, you have, you have no other choice. Um, so, so you have to do your best to evaluate these guys. But um, I guess that being said to me, I mean, the, the FFPC dynasty rosters are pretty small. I mean, the, the best ball slim format, is 20 rounds. So I, I do agree that you have to 
um, evaluate their talent, but I don't think you have to go that deep um, because there's a lot of guys that I think won't amount to much. Uh, I mean, they're in, in the FFPC rookie drafts. I mean, it's very rare to get anybody that's a good long-term player past the middle of the second round. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I watch my share of, uh, of tape and, you know, try to evaluate best as I can. But I, I mean, I know that I can do it nowhere as good as NFL teams. And what's most important is, you know, what, what do they think and, you know, how many opportunities are they going to give a guy given what they're spending on him? Um, Deontay Johnson, 408 right now, Farrell. In, and in the never too early. Um, 408, and he is the uh, wide receiver 17 currently. Yeah. Did you want to know about Claypool as well? Please, of course. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only receiver that matters in Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> Chase Claypool is – I just had him up here. He is going um, much lower. Yeah. Um, I know this is fantastic, uh, compelling stuff for everybody out there. Oh. Um, Claypool, wide receiver 42. At the nine eleven, um, yeah, that is that's, that that's, is Traylon Burks, Michael Gallup, Drake London neighborhood. Yeah, and, and that's what I would like to be. Uh, that's that's what I would like to be paying for him. Um, but your your record in in fantasy, uh, I'm I'm willing to follow that. Uh, Deontay Johnson will make a better rostered wide receiver. But yeah, I'll continue drafting Claypool, and I think in the ninth round. Well, you can get both of them, Farrell. Easily, yes, you can, can get both of them. Stack yeah. those Pittsburgh Steelers up. They got a great get your whiskey late. The Steelers yes. stack. <laughs> the steel curtain stack. It's no, gonna be the find us some more rookies. Claypool's an old grizzled veteran by now, Balky. <laughs> um, one other question from the chat room. This comes from Sky Eilers. We we're talking about um, Damian Pierce earlier. Um, he wants to know if you think he's a similar player to Farrell. I think you brought up uh, Justin Allgaier. Uh, earlier on not this episode but a couple episodes ago um sky said he took um in the best ball tournament in the 18th round justin Algier, and he says he probably should have taken a receiver like cedric wilson braxton barrios or isaiah mckenzie so he's not really sure but but to compare pierce and and Algier, to me i i don't know if they're similar uh style players what john what do you how do you when you look at those two guys do you feel like they're they're, they're fairly similar as far as the type of game they bring to their NFL team? Uh, you know, not, not really. Um, I just think Pierce is always going to be just an in-between the tackles kind of shifty guy that's going to, you know, get you what yards he can and he can catch. Um, I mean, I think that's somewhat about what, I mean, that's kind of the limit of what he's going to bring. I think, I mean, it, I guess if he gets in the right running system, I mean, maybe, and they're, if they're willing to give him enough carries, he could do, do well. But I mean, I know we're not comparing him to anyone all that talented, but it's just hard. It's just hard to say. And to be honest, I, like, I don't, he's FFPC wise. I mean, I think when I was talking about like middle of the, the second round, I mean, he's kind of on that, fringe to me um like i i don't have that many teams that are rebuilding so i don't know that he's a guy that 
I can carry on my roster throughout the season. And I, I don't know how long it will, it'll take him to emerge. Um, I love the real life humble brag there. Um, I don't have that many teams that are rebuilding. Oh, no, that's, that's great. That's great. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm pretty good at, at, at this. <laughs> um, no, but so, so, I'm just kidding, John. So, um, over the course of, um, you know, since the season ended, we've talked about a lot of rookies. One of the guys we have not talked a whole lot about has been Coastal Carolina tight end, Isaiah Likely. Now, is he a guy, again, tight end premium format, dual flex. Is he a guy that, that's on your radar in rookie drafts right now, maybe as a, as a second-round type of player? What What's the skinny? What can you give us, John, on, on Isaiah Likely? Yeah, you know, I mean, he's definitely on, on the radar. Um, he, he's a pretty good move tight end um he kind of reminds me of somewhere in between like a, a gerald everett and i know we talked about how we don't really like evan ingram but he's kind of he's kind of in that range of those two guys um so i think he's got a chance uh to be a decent player i mean he's not ever going to be like a kyle pitts but He's he's got a he's got a chance, um, but he's probably like FFPC the guy you don't want to draft this year because whoever's going to draft him is going to cut him and just pick him up later because he's probably not going to be anything until next year. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, he, he's a player that very much interested me, but like you said about Watson, when you consider who likely played. He looks like a giant on the field and you take a look at some of the linebackers that are trying to cover him, some of the safeties that are trying to tackle him. You know, he played Northern Illinois, South Alabama, Gardner-Webb, you know. The, mm -hmm. So I, when we get to the redraft, when we get to the main event uh, at the FFPC uh, at Planet Hollywood, which everybody should be planning to uh, get a piece of that as soon as they can, we, we – this is the kind of player I think that you have a grand awareness awareness of. And when you hear that coach say, we're going to try to get likely involved more, that's when you put in that waiver wire bid and see if involved more can mean something. Cause, cause I'm with you, I, John, I, and I see a, a bigger ceiling for him just because of his physicality. I think it's a real yeah. physicality that he brings to the league. Yeah, I mean, I think it just takes those guys a while, especially yes, a, a smaller school. And I, I know this guy wasn't from a smaller school, but, I mean, he's kind of like Tommy Tremble from last year. Yeah, I mean, they, they played him late in the year. He, he didn't look bad at, at times, but is he a guy that you're, like, clamoring for on your FFPC roster right now? Probably not. They can't all be Friar Mood. <laughs> <laughs> But he gets um, to play with Claypool, so that's the why he's successful. I I love um, John. Who's I, I? It's escaping my mind. Who's your buddy Chris that loves Tommy Tremble? FF Juggernaut. Chris Vincent. Chris Vincent. Yes, thank you. Um, he <laughs> was like, smart, he's very smart. And I'll tell you what, I don't think there's an official Tommy Tremble uh, fan club, but if there was, he'd be president, <laughs> VP, and treasurer. No question. Uh, well, just remember that when we get to Vegas, because Chris Chris Vincent lost a bet this year. So when you see a guy uh, roll up to Planet Hollywood in a sailor outfit, that's Chris Vincent. This was okay. So Hudson asked me, he's like, "Hey, ask John if there's going to be some random sailor showing up to the live event, and now we'll know that Chris Vincent will will be in 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 full sailor gear. Can't wait for that. That Chris Vincent as the sexy sailor was one of your teams, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Yeah." 
Um, all right. So, so Farrell, um, 70 grand. I know what I would do with the money. I, I don't know what you would do with the money. The question is, Farrell, what is John Terry going to do with the money? Well, the, the, the green eye of envy with the $70,000 <laughs> has been with me all day. It's a good number. That's a good, solid number. And then I started looking at it, you know, uh, between Uncle Sam and his related state associates, there goes thirty thousand. You've already, you've already informed us that you spend twenty five on the never too early twenty five hundred. Then you must have at least ten k in dynasty leagues, and and then you know ten k is probably a modest amount to say that what you're doing in the main event. I have uh, reserved three to five thousand for your future Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship play, which we'll talk about. So, and then, so I add all this up, and John, you know, from that seventy thousand dollars, you're broke, but you've got a great year of fantasy football in front of you, and I think it's a wonderful thing to punch those tickets. Um, I know what you're going uh, to do is you're going to take that seventy grand and come out and make a big, big run for that one million dollar grand prize. Isn't it a blast to have your entire fantasy future covered? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is nice. Um, you know, I'm a, a, a CPA by trade, and I, I don't like to pay taxes, so mm-hmm. uh, or I at least defer them as long as as long as possible, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, the majority um, I, I plan to to reinvest in in fantasy this year. Um, just have to. I mean. Part of the reason of doing so many best balls is, uh, you know, you can only manage so many waivers and set so many lineups come the fall. So that and shifting more teams from, you know, into the the higher entry fees um, will be the plan. Uh, I mean, I took a little bit of money out. Then, then I mean, I redid my deck. Uh, I, I'm getting old, so I bought myself like a, a nice fancy massage chair. <laughs> <laughs> i'll watch some football sitting in that um but really uh yeah i i have my eyes on on the million and uh and that's what i'm talking about yeah um so 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 john massage chairs and reinvestment that's what i'm hearing and a new deck the massage chair hopefully will not go on the deck but whatever you want to try it out there in nice weather i'm not here to judge we don't care how you spend it um, couple of emails here. Portland, PA. Uh, Brian in Portland, PA. I've heard this is a weak rookie class this year. Do you buy that? And if so, should I be moving my first and second round rookie picks? That's uh, Brian in Portland, Pennsylvania. We appreciate the email, Brian. I don't necessarily know if I would say you should be looking to move them, but certainly um, I would be open to to moving the picks maybe for for something next year. Um, especially this time, John, when when draft picks, rookie draft picks are basically at their highest that they're going to be all year. How do you see it? Yeah, I'm open to it. But I mean, having, you know, talked to everybody and been, you know, discussing with other others in my dynasty leagues, I think it's uh, I think next year's class is almost overhyped already mm. because nobody everybody is down on this year's class and hyped up on next year's class. So it's, it's expensive. Um, I mean, what they want, you know, they, they want like a, probably like a, a one four this year for like a random first next year, which to me, I'm not willing to do. I mean, I'm a little down on this year's class, but it's only because there's not really 
like a chase or a pits, but there's still, you know, five or six wide receivers plus Brees Hall that I think are going to be very good um, in the NFL. And I mean, I think Walker's got a chance. I'm not sure I'm a big spiller guy, but I, I mean, I think there's, it's a pretty deep first round. Um, so for the most part, I'm willing to move, but right now it's been too expensive. So I'll probably stand pat in most of my leagues. John, I know um, you're probably not the best person to talk to about this since you have so many dominant dynasty teams. What if you were drafting in the first few picks of the first round? Um, I will say, let, let me let me add. I, I do have in my. I did a I did a startup last year. Okay, and I tend to move back and acquire picks. So I do have a team where I'm picking first through seventh, and then I think tenth and eleventh in the first round. Okay, so th so this is good. So so for anybody who would have like an early first round pick, knowing it, you know that you believe that you got the the six receivers, Hall and and Walker, or whatever, wouldn't it behoove you if you can make it happen to trade maybe out of the top three? And, and trade down to sort of the mid first round and then acquire some more draft capital either this year or, or perhaps even more advantageously next year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it did well, but myself selfishly, I I'm going to want, assuming he doesn't land in a horrible spot, I'm going to want to take Brees Hall and I'm going to want whatever that receiver is that lands in Kansas city. Right. And then beyond that, I'm certainly willing to, to move back and in trade and move in um, picks to next year. So crazy because we talk about the opening in Kansas city and it's like, isn't this what all those McCole Hardman owners wanted when, when they draft, when, when the chiefs drafted him in the second round, this is right after the Tyree kill domestic stuff was coming out. And then everybody was snatched. Not only did the chiefs grab Hardman in the second round, but everybody's drafting Hardman super early in rookie drafts. Like this is what they wanted. No Tyree kill in Kansas city. Let's go McCole Hardman. And now they're looking at acquiring another guy. This is the maddening world of dynasty fantasy football, and I'm here for it. Uh, Bill and Raleigh, final email we have for you tonight, John. Do you see Devontae Smith having a solid second year? If not, is this the time to trade him in dynasty? Bill and Raleigh, we thank you for listening and writing in. Um, what are your feelings on Devontae Smith this year, uh, John? Uh, and answer it in a redraft or a dynasty uh, form if you'd like. Yeah, and I and I I do live um, about 15 minutes from the stadium here in Philly. Um, I, I do watch a lot of the Eagles. I, I mean, I think Smith is super talented. I, I think he's got a lot of potential, but I mean, it comes down to the quarterback play. I mean, is Hurts going to get him the ball? I don't know, but I mean, this it's certainly possible that this is Hurts last year at, at, at QB here. So. Um, I, I think he needs a QB that's going to be able to get him the ball, but I certainly in dynasty wouldn't be giving up on him just yet. Yeah. Final questions on you, Farrell. Really? I think we've already had the answer to that question, but John, we may dig have. Deep. John dig deep. We, I think we know who your can't miss rookie player is. You've already given him to us, but if you want to sum it up, I'll certainly invite you to do that. But you know, you're a positive guy. You haven't talked to much negative. Spin me one guy that everybody's crazy about that you don't want anything to do with. Give me your favorite and your least favorite. Well, my favorite guy is very boring, but unless he lands horribly, I mean, the Brees Hall is going to be my one. Yeah. one. 
Um, and then, I mean, it's not a player, but I'm looking to see if, if any of those top five or six receivers land in Casey and in, in Green Bay. I mean, I'm less – little less excited about Green Bay just because I don't know how many years Rodgers has left. But uh, but that that's what I'll be looking for. Two, two quick follow-ups. If those yeah. if that receiver that you absolutely loved landed in Tampa, would you feel just as good about the others as, as you would those other two teams? Um, no. And give me – let me give you one position, quarterback. Yeah. Is there a quarterback that you absolutely love that you can separate from this group? And is there just one that, that will go in the first three rounds that you just don't want any part? Um, I really don't love any of them this year. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think FFPC, I mean, almost everything that I play in is one QB. And I don't know. I mean, I don't see anyone that's a fantasy difference maker. I, I know – I know Willis has the potential to be, but he looks like a project to me. I, I mean, might take him a couple of years, and I think you're going to hold him on your roster this year and get nothing out of him, and then cut him when you cut to 16 going into next year potentially. So I, I don't know. I, I don't see a QB. And then I'll just say my my one player I don't I don't want, and again, um, maybe it's his his school, but. I think people are going to take David Bell before I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so this is interesting. So to sum up now, we've had basically a 35 minute conversation with a guy who won $70,000 in the FFPC last year, avoid Malik Willis and Isaiah likely in 2022 dinos target Malik Willis and Isaiah likely in 2023 dinos. And there's your ticket to success, right, John? I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think so. In general, um, especially at the tight end, I mean, you're better off waiting and getting them cheaper later. Um, or when somebody gets sick of them and drops them. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it, once you get into the season, like I said, if you're playing for this year, um, which most people are, once you get to bye weeks, it's hard to hold these guys. And if yeah, they're yeah. not, if they don't do anything by mid season, then they're just you know, taking up a space that you probably need for a sub. So, I mean, it's hard to do. Um, what is not hard to do is uh, having a nice long fantasy football high stakes conversation with John Terry, a 70K winner in the 2021 uh, Fantasy Football Players Championship, Football Guys Players Championship, and 11 dynasty titles to his name. John, thanks so much for making some time uh, with us tonight and, and talking a little shop. We certainly appreciate it. Good luck not only in all your rookie drafts coming up, but in the never too early best ball uh, tournament teams that you have and Hey, football guys, players championship, that's kicking off in like two weeks here. Uh, And I know you'll be in that as well. And good luck chasing the million in the main event, dude. All right. Thanks. It's good talking to you guys. John Terry, ladies and gentlemen, uh, always a pleasure. He's been on the show before. Um, We don't even have to tee it up for him, Farrell. We just, we, we will throw him a 90 mile fast, a 90 mile an hour fastball. He still cranks it out of the park. Always good to talk to that dude. And we'll see him in, in Las Vegas, next to Chris Vincent, the sexy sailor. Yeah, you know, I, I wonder if Chris in the in the sailor suits out there cleaning the deck. You know, there's, <laughs> there's lots of places you can go with that. So I threw in those last two questions, and you know, um, he could answer Malik Willis anyway. But the thought of Malik Willis is all very, very positive uh, right now, and he came into it 
with he looks like a project. And that shows that he's evaluated the player and, and kept his head out of all the news. You know, we were talking about that a little earlier about the quarterbacks. So, you know, a couple months ago, none of these guys get in the first round. Now every team is talking about who they might take at quarterback. Do they have to take a quarterback? Quarterbacks are visiting teams, that kind of thing. So it's just interesting. It's very interesting, and um, and, and I think it's so weird because you know, yeah, I, I, and I don't fear. I don't know how much super flex you play it, but like when I think about quarter, like rookie quarterbacks and like the the rookie drafts, like it, it, it's so simple to me. One quarterback leagues, you just stay away from them. Like even now, mm-hmm. when I play in in dynasty leagues, I pretty much keep one quarterback on my rosters, whether he's great or whether he's bad, you know, like I got one Kentucky dynasty team, Matt Ryan's my only quarterback on it. And I'm totally comfortable with it. I'll figure it out later. Right. Um, You're you're totally comfortable anywhere. I find 20 man rosters and and standard 10 man starting lineups vexing enough. I don't have to get in. Right. So, so, and, and that's the thing I bring up with super flex because then it seems like everybody, everybody just gobbles them up right away. You know, Mm -hmm. like, like regular, we we kind of ignore them a little bit or a lot bit, and then superflex, we can't get enough of them. There's no like happy medium between that. That's just me waxing philosophical on fantasy football tonight, which I tend to do. Before we we sign off for the evening, a big special FFPC KFFSC birthday to the oh, pride of Alabama, nice. Jimmy Johnson, celebrating nice. uh, birthday today. You know, Jimmy Johnson has lived throughout the South, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia. And a man of the road, and he loves this uh, this hobby as much as anyone in it. We must have him on this show. He's been on our KFFSC podcast yeah. and return. And and uh, you know, to to know Jimmy Johnson is to love Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, for sure. And and in his honor, we will let him know that while we are virtual here, the bar in Louisville, <laughs> the bar in Appleton, Wisconsin. They're both always open. Yes, it is. On on a wonderful holiday weekend, the bar will definitely. Exactly. Farrell, be good, man. We'll talk to you again next Friday, dude. I really appreciate it. I think it's next Wednesday, isn't it? No, um, um, this this coming. Yeah. So show show notes. We're production meeting on air. We will do the show on Friday next week. But for NFL Draft Weekend, we are going to be doing that. We will not do this show Thursday or Friday. We'll do it on Wednesday. So next Friday and then the following Wednesday, and then we'll be back on Friday. Fantastic. That, and, and that's that's a message for all the kids out there. Farrell, thank you. We'll talk to you again next week. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the commissioner, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, the head honcho over at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, kffsc.com. I want to thank John Terry. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for watching live uh, for listening live or for streaming this or, or downloading it later. We certainly appreciate it. Um, as I said, we will be back next Friday at 10, 9 central, same bad time, same bad FFPC YouTube channel, uh, 2021 FFPC 1250 number 28 dynasty champ. It's actually a multiple dynasty winner uh, in his career with the FFPC. Mike Eisenberg is actually going to be dropping by the show and we'll definitely get into some more rookie conversation, more uh, uh, redraft conversation as well with Mike next Friday. Um, four Dynasty Orphans left at myffpc.com slash Dynasty for sale. You could pick them all up each for the low, low price of $1. Uh, the Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. Let's load this up here. I said at the top of the show, I think there was, I, I can, and, and I can't remember now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it, but I think I said at the top of the show that there was 26 teams left or maybe 24 teams left 
um, in the uh, in the never too early uh, best ball tournament. Um, that was about an hour, roughly an hour ago. I'm loading it up right now just to see how many teams we have left in it. Only 19. So 19 left. We're down to three drafts. There's one. There's a live one uh, Saturday at eight o'clock Eastern. There's a live one Sunday at eight o'clock Eastern. That only has three teams left. And then of course the last one scheduled for NFL Draft Day. That is one o'clock Eastern on Thursday. That'll be the final one. Eight teams left in that one. So make sure you are jumping in that. $125 could win you $25,000. The Football Guys Early Bird promo is live. If you want a $35 uh, FFPC team credit, apply to your account. Register your team before June 30th. Draft before July 15th. And I, I haven't made mention of this. We will do that up to three times. So you can get up to three $35 credits. It's basically $100 worth of free teams. If you uh, follow those directions and sign up for the Football Guys Players Championship, uh, plenty of slow live and sit and go best ball options all at myffpc.com. Register to win the million bucks there, hundred dollars off uh, if you get in on the early bird before the end of the of, of May, and then of course five hundred dollars off each additional team there. The Run to Daylight Championship, the Draft Masters, and of course all the other KFFSC leagues are filling up at kffsc.com. Make sure you jump in. You compete against uh, me. You can compete against John Terry um, and a ton of the other guests that we've had on the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, they will all, we will all be participating and going against you there for a ton of great prizes. And of course, million bucks available in the FFPC main event this year. Uh, as I just mentioned, make sure you're registering for that early bird. Happy Easter to everybody celebrating it this weekend. I know my kids are very excited for ODing on sugar, which is what they do every single year. So happy Easter to everybody celebrating that this weekend. And of course, uh, your weekend officially starts. Now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Just want to uh, make one more note. Um, when we went off the air um, about this time last Friday, um, you know, I, I did some work when I got home and then got up early. I was hanging out with my kids uh, Saturday morning, got the notification on my phone that uh, Dwayne Haskins had actually passed away uh, in Florida where he was down there um, training um, with some of his uh, Steelers teammates and got hit by a truck. Re really sad news. I mean, the dude was wasn't even 25 years old yet. Um, had an NFL career in front of him and, and it's sad. And, and I, you know, it's not that he was going to, I know this is a fantasy football show and we talk about fantasy football and I don't think, uh, you know, he was going to be, his stats were going to be too meaningful in fantasy football in, in 2022 and perhaps ever, I don't know, but um, we love watching him play at Ohio state. We loved watching him get drafted and, and we loved watching him, um, uh, you know, compete on, on the NFL gridiron all these years. And we're looking forward to much more than that. And it's always, uh, you know, just a robbery when we, when somebody like that is taken away uh, from the game and from our lives uh, too soon. So I just wanted to make sure that we give a special shout out to Dwayne Haskins and the Haskins family rest in peace. Um, thoughts and prayers go out uh, to his family and um, uh, you know, hopefully they can find some peace in, in the next coming days uh, in weeks and months and years, quite frankly, as they deal with this tragedy. Thanks for uh, watching everybody. We'll talk to you again next week.